Welcome to Scent 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Matt Hall. Hi. I got him. You do. He's here. He's in the house. You you uh, netted him in. Yes, I did. It was, it was a, I let I let the line go out. Yeah. And, you know, kind of played with it a little bit and everything. Uh-huh. And then he just came right back. Well, boat. he's a big fish. <laughs> <laughs> we got a big tuna in the boat, right on. Yeah. And because you recommended him so highly, he said, yeah. "Oh man, you got to go get him." No, he's my buddy. Yeah. yeah. So I think you should explain to the people who they are about to hear. Okay, cool. Yeah. Today we have with us my buddy, my home group pastor. I'd say probably one of my best friends ever. He's the kind of guy that. When you're stuck on the road, say at midnight and Sunday morning's coming up and he has somewhere to be, he's the guy that you can count on to come and get you off the side of the road for sure. Do you have a cell phone number? I can, do have a cell phone what number. What is it? Well, we can put it in the notes. Oh, we'll put it yeah, in the show we'll, notes. We'll make okay. sure it's in the show notes, yeah. And then call Chris, don't call Matt That's right. and Kevin. <laughs> well, I can give you his wife's number too, so it's great. You can always get a hold of him that way. And if it's not at midnight, if it's like at 4 a.m., like it's I just- It's even better. Yeah, if, no, you could call me then, because no, I'll be awake then, but at midnight, I'm probably three hours into sleep. Yeah, but you're probably exercising uh, yeah. or something. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. <laughs> However, enough about us, Matt. Chris. Welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Hey, guys. It's Glad good to be here. here. Absolutely. You know, 100%, if I was going to do a podcast on the essence and the execution of worship, you'd be the first person that I would have talked to about coming on the show. Wow. Because, well, how long have you been doing worship, Chris? Man, I started leading worship back in maybe the 1993 at horizon christian fellowship i've heard of that church yeah (laughs) and just kept going for all these years it's been amazing all the places that god has taken me here in san diego across the country yeah even across the world yeah you have been a real gift you're a man that will do exactly what matt says a church We'll call you and say, yeah, we're broken down on the side of the road and we don't have anybody to lead yeah. worship. Can you come? Or to sing the national anthem at the Sharks yeah! game. <laughs> Shout out to Tyler Sickmeyer. Yeah, that was really good. I didn't plan on asking this question, but there must be some transference about some of the principles of worship and the principles of sharing Jesus with people. Have you seen that? Because you're here because of a wonderful way that you share the love of God with people. I think the most important thing that I get from worship is having an intimacy with God that I can hear and respond to Him because of His love. And as a worship leader, you are continuously, constantly professing Christ and His goodness through the songs of worship. So over and over and over, you're leading people into professing his goodness and professing his faithfulness and professing that he's there for you in times of troubles. If I, as a worship leader, profess those things to God and want to lead people to do those things, I need to do them myself. You know, you just did something to me, man. You just took me back. I'm so glad I asked that question because I've written songs since I was young. And there's a song called Freedom Fly My Way. And one lyric is, and we will meet the holy carpenter, Mm -hmm. the builder of all things. Mm -hmm. And he will be to us a home. 
and we, the song he sings. And I wrote that when I was about 16 and haven't thought about it probably in that many years too. But that is exactly it on the button. When people are sharing their faith, they are professing Jesus. They're telling somebody what they sing to him on the weekend services. We're singing Jesus to people. It's the proclamation, right? That's what evangelism is. Yeah. Proclaiming the good news. And in all these worship songs we sing, it's the good news. It's the gospel. It's his goodness. It's his faithfulness towards us. And the worship is our response to him to say thank you. Yeah. There's a lot to dig into there. Number one, this is based on 1 Peter 3.15. And the very beginning of it is we have to sanctify Christ as Lord. And I've equated that in a practical term that that's our secret life with God. If we don't have that intimacy with them, we run short of what we can share with other people, right? Right. So that's like the first part of it. The other part of it is so many times that, I mean, I love our worship. I'm always front and center and singing too loud. That's why I go up there. (laughs) So I'm not bugging people back in the pews. But so much of the time, the worship is the sermon. It's the word, it's the manifestation of this is who God is. That can solve a whole lot of problems when you get that part straight. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, when you're in the middle of worshiping and you're singing these words and God just connects his heart to what you're saying and the reality of those words that you're singing, if you're truly worshiping the Lord, it connects you to healing, restoration, his spirit pouring out on you like we got to get to a point where our worship songs are not just songs that we're singing because we're in a place doing a certain thing but they're actually the overflow yeah of our heart Lord. and the expression of our gratitude for how good he is and we proclaim it we sing it loud because he's good yeah and it aligns us i mean we're worshiping him because he's worthy of worship yeah and we're not. Yeah. So we're the worshiper. You're to be worshipped and absolutely worthy of every bit of it. So it gets things in line so that he can do stuff with us. It also lines us up with the people next to us, our brothers and sisters, because we're all doing the same thing. We're finally in unity. We're singing to the Lord together. Yeah, I'm rereading again, Until Unity by Francis Chan. And I'm, I spent a long time in right around John 17, where we're eavesdropping and Jesus is saying, Father, here's my prayer, here's my heart, that they'd be one like we're one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. That just, so many times, like uh, in the old days, I was in charge of ushers and greeters and everything, and I would come in early and I would watch the worship team practicing, getting ready and everything. And it's just incredible because you work together. Well, you guys probably see little problems in it i don't but how you work together as a single unit and it's just beautiful how somebody comes in and the other person is out and it all comes together to an absolutely beautiful thing and i said man i want my ushers to be like this (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to share something that happened this is exactly what you're talking about it opens up worship opens us up so i've got a very good friend you guys both probably know him. A lot of people listening probably do. It's Dr. Brian Linskis. Oh, yeah. We had him on the show. Yes, we did. That was a good one. Well, he set up a second podcast. He has one that's low-carb MD, and he's got uh, 5 million downloads or something all over the world. He's a very big deal. Hi, Brian. 
And he started another one because he got attacked mostly on Twitter by people. And during COVID, he was encouraging people to keep the hope and keep the faith. And so they came after him. So he started a podcast called Life's Best Medicine, where he openly shares his faith. And just a couple of episodes ago, he was sitting, and I heard the story from the person that's involved in this and him. He was sitting behind someone who was with their son and he started breaking down crying and worshiping and giving his life back to Jesus and his mother and his sister were there and it was so crazy. They started praying for him and Brian, I think, actually laid his hand on him to pray with him too. And what was cool is it was the worship that drew him in and his back was healed. Oh my God. Brian's back was healed. He had tweaked wow. it really bad. Wasn't even going to come to church. Ha ha, Brian. And he tells this on Life's Best Medicine. So it's a, just an absolute example of what you're talking about worshiping, releasing something to us. Yeah. So besides leading worship and running home groups and being a spiritual giant, what do you do when you're not hanging around at Foothill? Yeah. So I'm a project management director for Christian Brothers Flooring in Lakeside. And I manage the commercial division of project managers and the team. We do flooring all over the, basically all over the state. Wow. And how does your faith get integrated into that? So one of the great things is that my bosses are Christians, and they allow me to be a Christian in my workplace. It's right on your shirt. Yes, it says Christian Brothers. <laughs> they pray before meetings with we have non-believers that work for us, and they're very welcome to work for us. And and yet, we pray before our meetings, and they are they participate in that time. And our bosses are not ashamed of their faith. It's amazing. But for me, in my workplace, God has called me to be a leader, not just a guy that helps people with flooring, but to lead people. So I take the same heart that I have for people in my home group at church, and I pour into the people at my work. I love them. When I know they're hurting, I sit down with them and I talk to them. I fight for them so they can get promotions, get raises, get, you know, Whatever it is, I fight for those people, and they know that. And so they're loyal because of that. Yeah. And so I've led people to the Lord in my time at work, standing out in the back parking lot while somebody's going through trouble. I could have been home hanging out with my family, my kids, but instead I'm hanging out at the guy's truck, and we're talking about Jesus. And I tell him how he can find peace in his hard time and so for me like just being me and being faithful to god and being available when somebody needs me not just when i want to be uh, available yeah. but letting somebody invade my space you know hey chris you got time yeah come on i got a lot to do but come on sit down what do you need what can i help you with that's important to me. Yeah. People. I wasn't always that way. Hmm. How did it change? What changed that? One who's been forgiven much. Hmm. 
can forgive much, right? <laughs> yeah. Well said. And I've been through a lot in my life, and I've gone, I've had a lot of trials in my life, but the Lord has forgiven me, and He has not turned His back on me. He's always been there for me through it all. And, you know, what's the scripture that says, uh, when I was a child, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I used to speak like a child, reason like a child. And when I became a man, I did away with the childish things. You know, as you grow up and you grow up in the Lord, your heart changes. You stop focusing on yourself so much. You start seeing that there's people around with real need, real hurt, real trials. And if you can figure out a way to s stop thinking about yourself and think about them, you can have an impact on people's lives and you can help them walk with Christ. Amen. I used to think that the number one challenge that Christians had in sharing their faith was fear. Because, like we've said before, uh, afraid to mess up the relationship, not have the right answer, just mess it up, what's going to happen, or maybe I'll get ostracized or whatever. But I have really come over the years to think, no, it's self-absorption. It is um, not caring enough, apathy. Complacency. Yeah, self-centeredness. Mm -hmm. And I can see what you're talking about. It's a maturity that looks outward rather than, oh, I've got too many problems or I've got whatever. And that's critical. People that make that turn or take that jump, the light switch goes on, that's who changes the world. That's who Jesus uses because he knows he can trust that person. Glory. I know that it's true. I haven't seen you do it out there. But I know on my way to the studio, I walk by my assistant's office and she's got this like crazy face I have never seen on her face, this expression I have never seen before. And I go, are you okay? And she goes, yeah, I'm okay. I, I just can't believe my home group. What Chris Surduck just did. <laughs> you, you were very generous to her and you came alongside her when I think she was probably pretty nervous that she wasn't going to be able to pay for something. If I would have taken a picture of her and sent it to you, mm. I would say, well done. But that's what Chris does. That's him. That's his heart. That's what I was trying to say in the beginning. That's who he is. And that's what's special about him, I think. And we all could be a little bit more like Chris. Well, Chris, long ago, in a lifetime far away, Steve Martin said, people come up to me and say, you're so funny. How can I be funny too? And he told them to put baloney in their shoes. <laughs> so that suggestion wasn't really practical. But, okay, so how do you tell the people that are listening how they can do it? Maybe how you made the shift. How do you not want to do it and not do it? Sometimes you don't want to do it and you do it. So what can you equip them with? This show is about equipping and encouraging non-evangelists to do exactly what you're talking about. Man, the hardest thing is when God tells you to do something, you do it. Right? Sometimes. <laughs> I hope. So I think it's 18 years ago, I was in Brazil with uh, James DeMello. We were doing a crusade. He's my good friend. James is great. 
there was a worship team up there. They were doing a big crusade, and I was looking at a young guy up on the stage. He was leading worship. He was on the worship team. He had a horrible, horrible guitar, and I had a really, really nice Indian Rosewood Taylor guitar. That was my baby. I love that guitar. I took it to Brazil. I don't know if I took it because it was my guitar that I wanted to bring or because I wanted everybody to see it. Mm. But as I'm standing there, I left the guitar in the bus because I didn't want anybody to take it. And while I was looking at this guy with a horrible guitar on the stage, God said, go get your guitar and give it to him. (laughs) I said, nah, that's not true. God said, go get your guitar and give it to him. So he came off the stage, and we went back in the back, and I said, hey, man, my name's Chris. I feel like God wants me to give you my guitar. No, man, no way. You don't even know what's going on right now. I can't believe you're doing this. He tried to take the guitar and give me his horrible case from the other guitar and swap with me. I said, if the Lord wants to bless you, he wants to give it all to you. Take the guitar, take the case, everything, right? That forged a friendship for 17, 18 years. I still know him. I met wonderful people in Brazil because of that time. I can't even begin to tell you all the amazing things that happened because I gave something away. I didn't keep something. I didn't parade something around that was important to me. I gave something away that was important to me. And it had a profound impact on my life. God showed me that when you go somewhere, plant a seed. When you plant a seed, the Bible says, plant a seed, water a seed. The Lord will bring the harvest or he'll bring the increase. And then in the due season, he'll reap the harvest, right? Yeah. So wherever you go, plant a seed, like a word of encouragement into somebody's life, a gift of something that can bless a person in a time of need when they feel hopeless. Hey, I need a bike. Oh, I got a bike. Here, you have a bike. Sometimes my kids say, Dad, can I just sell the bike? No, give it away. Because that little girl needs a bike. Give her your bike. And my kids are like, no, what are we doing? (laughs) And I give the guitar away, and my daughter's, you're not going to give away my iPad, are you? (laughs) You know? Yes, I am tonight. You know? (laughs) All the toys. But that's what I would say, like, in a long about way. Be willing to give away things. Be willing to give away your time. time. Be willing to give away some family time for the night when somebody needs you obviously have some boundaries you don't want to just go giving away your family time all the time but there's times when god says that person needs you go now you gotta love people if you love people you'll make them feel loved people feel loved when their needs are met people feel loved when you pay attention to them when they're going through something you know what else is good invite somebody over for dinner have them in your house and eat with them it's very biblical right yeah Yeah. well and i've heard the rumors about their food 
Yeah, well, their food. Their food. Uh, their food is the Serdak food is legend. My wife's a really good cook. Well, yeah, and I just bought it. I just have a nice Traeger wood pellet grill that makes me look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but eat with people. Spend your money and buy good food, and bring people over and make them feel like they're the only people in the world at the moment. See, that takes care of the fear, right? Because you're not like, I have to have a theological argument for every single thing. It is so disarming. It is so powerful. But you have to be willing to do it. Every hit doesn't have to be a home run. You can load the bases. and There's so many different little opportunities that, like Chris was saying, just all the different little things. Inviting somebody over for dinner, that's a triple. When you're planting a seed, there isn't anything that pre-qualifies that as being the limit, how far you need to go. You right. Know? As a body of Christ, we're a family. We collaborate. Yeah. Right? So who knows that guy who was having a hard time that you were talking to in the parking lot, for example. And you're like the cleanup hitter. <laughs> but what other faithful Christians were there possibly? Right. You know, what grandma was praying for him. Everybody plays a role in this, but we must play our role. Right. Plant the seed. Water. Water seed. Like I always say, I'm the fertilizer. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I had a, I have a friend. And when I met him, he wasn't my friend. He had done some time, done some bad things. And there were people that were afraid of him. So I did a very small thing. He had bags of concrete in his truck, and I just hopped on the back of his truck. He didn't even barely know me. And I helped him unload the bags of concrete. And he goes, you don't have to do this, man. You're going to get filthy. They were all like split from Home Depot for 25 cents a bag or something, you know, that kind of thing. And I said, well, I would want you to help me. So, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And so a relationship started that way. One day, he's a tow truck driver, and he came back from a tow that he had gone to like Brawley or something forever. And these were the people he was taking out there. They were fire and brimstone, tribulation. <laughs> they scared him senseless. They told him all about hell. They told him all about the tribulation. And so he gets out of his truck, and he goes, you're a pastor, right? I went, yeah. He goes, so you can get people saved, right? I said, well, it doesn't really work exactly that way, but... Let's talk. And so I'm in a hurry right now, but I want to talk later. And we did. And he gave his life to the Lord. And there's all sorts of funniness to the rest of that story. Wow. But you know what? If I probably wouldn't be the guy that said, turn or burn. That probably wouldn't be my approach, but it was their approach. And it worked on him. Mm-hmm. And I was just like the cleanup batter. I was like Tatis when he's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. Say somebody wants to walk this way. They want to be generous this way. Have you bumped into times where you had challenges in it and you had to learn it? You had to have breakthroughs in it? Or did it just absolutely come naturally to you and you were always doing that? I don't know. I mean, I grew up as as a kid with parents that loved to be around people, loved to have people over. So we always had family around. Yeah, We always had, my grandparents were missionaries and had people in their home all the time. So... We're used to having people around, but as I got married, I became real private. I like to just go home and be to myself, and I had dealt with a lot of rejection for many years as a worship leader from church to church, like 
just dealing with a lot of things. So I learned to just kind of be to myself and that wasn't good. That bottled me up and kept me from expressing my love for people. And I would always joke about how I love people, but I don't like people, <laughs> you know, like people are complicated. We're complicated, right? Yeah, we all are. We got drama. We got Baggage. things we like and don't like and opinions. And I'm pretty quiet most of the time as far as my opinion. And maybe that's because I'm trying to tame my tongue and honor God and not get caught up in in the conversations and stuff. So I try to be quiet and be thoughtful about what I'm going to say and make sure that when I do say something, it's effective. Like, I don't want to waste my words just to have meaningless conversations anymore. And so I think at my house, we've really tried to learn how to be selfless. My wife makes bread. Everybody around the church knows Lydia makes bread. And... She's like, we should start a business making bread. I said, no, you should keep giving it away. <laughs> you give it away, it's a blessing. And just that little gift of giving somebody a loaf of bread, it's a, it's a friendship starter. It's just blessing people, man. It's the most wonderful thing in the world to give somebody something. Yeah, It's better to give than to receive. When you make a habit out of that, learn how to be a giver, you really start to find the joy in giving things away, giving your heart away, like really being willing to love people because God first loved us. Yeah. Not loving people so you could get something or so you can achieve an end result, just loving people because people need to be loved. The Bible says to edify others above ourselves. Blessing somebody is edifying somebody. It's building them up. It is. Giving them something that's important to you. When somebody realizes that you're giving something important to them, it changes them. It does. I've seen it. It does for me as well. Yeah. I've had people that have been very generous to me, and the world's missing that. Yeah. It's like being like Jesus the best we can, because yeah. that's what he did. That's what he taught it's us. kingdom living is what it is. It's living out the principles of Christianity. The more that we're like Jesus, the more people are going to see Jesus in us, and we're going to be able to reflect him. Amen. Chris, I really feel the Lord's presence in this room and in this conversation, and I think there's breakthrough for some people that are listening that have been, especially in this world that's shaking and you don't know financially where you're gonna be and all of that, so people kind of hanging on tight to stuff. And So I think there's a real breakthrough for people that are listening to this. Would you release through prayer to some power for them to walk in? Yeah. Holy Father, awesome God, you're so worthy. We thank you that you gave your son to die for our sins, to show us the way to love those that seem unlovable, that he'd walk out of his way to go to places to meet people 
to show them how much he loves them. Lord, we ask in this place at this time, whenever people are listening, God, that you would help them to release. Release things to you. Release generosity. Like Kevin said, the world is missing these things a lot because we're afraid. We think if I give something away, I may not have it myself. Or, But Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. You are our provider. You're our protector. You give us everything we need for life and for godliness. And that's what we need. We need to live for you and we need to be godly to obey your word. Your word says, be holy as I am holy. So Lord, as we strive for those things, may we hear your voice and hear your direction and your guidance that we could give, give of our time, give of our money, give of things that we have that we can give to bless somebody else. Lord, teach us to love people the way you love. Teach us to care for people in their time of need, wherever they're at, Lord. I just want to say I, I challenge you this week, people that are listening, have somebody over for dinner. Give somebody something. Go plant a seed and just give something away. Don't hold on to the things of this world. For freely he gave to us. I promise you, you'll never be disappointed that you gave something to somebody. Amen.